Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to FSN 3404 Special. We are here in Ontario, California to present this special edition of FSN. We're going to be breaking down the upcoming matchup between the Chicago Outlaws and the Eastern Bald Eagles. There are two teams left in the USFL. Only one is left, will be left holding that trophy up at the end of tonight. So let me welcome our guests this evening. Our first one, he's been a bit, he's been missing for a while on the show, but finally he's back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, James Witherspoon. You had to drag me out of that damn nursing home. They were feeding me vanilla pudding, and uh, I'm, I'll just whack you with my cane. Whack. Why did we, why did we bring you out of there? It wasn't that hard. It wasn't that hard of a wag. Get over it, you sissy. <laughs> so, James, how have you been going? Uh, aside from that, I've been all right. Just uh, had to take care of some family business earlier this year and early this weekend. Yeah, just been just been out of it really. I haven't been paying much attention except for now that we're in the furball. So, yay! All right, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> Next up, our friend from TFSN up in Canada, Charles Bergeron. Welcome back. How have you been going? <laughs> well, I, I, I've been uh, going uh, pretty well. I mean, uh, surely it's been it's been a tough uh, seeing the Royal been so close to to getting there, but uh, uh, I'm still happy nonetheless to be here to to see a great game that's going to happen tonight. Alright, and sadly we couldn't get Tarko on the show, he's not here, he's nowhere here, but we hopefully have him back on next episode, but to fill in his spot we've got two big guests here, first up a guy we haven't heard from in the last, l really a long time, ladies and gentlemen get a round of applause for Matt Lewis! Hi. Okay. <laughs> Just uh, kidding. Hey, how, <laughs> how's you it call going, that introduction? Yeah, well, I do. Do you have, do you, how have you been going, Matt? We haven't heard from you in Jesus yonks. Well, I keep it simple, and you know, when I saw that the uh, UFFL was taking off, I was pulled to other projects. But I'm back here, at least for tonight, and I'm waiting to see what these two teams. There's a lot of talent here, and and I'm just hoping that at least one of them will prove to me that they have, you know, deserved uh, this yeah, championship. Last time we... <laughs> Go ahead. I was going to say, last time we heard from you, uh, I was being medically discharged, so yeah. You know, I heard that. Um, and I'm glad to see you back here, James. Well, finally a polite young man here. I like this guy. Uh, and our next guest, final guest here, uh, hmm, he... We haven't heard much from him in the last 12 months. Last time we heard, he was in a bit of a feud with Brian Shadowworth of the Pro Bowl. People would know Brian Shadowworth got a team to a grand final. This guy's done nothing. But you would know who he is. He is probably one of the most controversial figures in the history of the UFFL. Kobe Carson, welcome to the show. And what the hell have you been doing for the last 12 months? No, no, no. We are not going to start out this interview like that. Did you just say I did Nothing? Yeah, you've done nothing months. for the last 12 months. You don't want to do that. You, you've, you've made a grave mistake, Wes. 
Well, Let me tell you I something. don't care. I mean, I saw Brian Shaw take this guy on. I just like to take him on. Ah, no, shut up, everyone. Shut up. Shut up right now. Let me talk. Uh. Twelve months have gone by. And I have worked my tail off like you wouldn't believe. I've been breaking necks and signing checks and taking souls. I'm telling you right now, I am. I'm getting hit. Right, yeah, you are. Uh, so, Kirby, what's been going on? Well, so essentially, you've been doing nothing. No, no, I have been doing something. Let me get to it. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, it's a sad day in the entire sport of football across the world. I feel sorry for these little kids who have to turn on their TV screens to watch this this disgrace of a championship game. Uh, that come on. on. Chicago and Easton? <laughs> Man, the skill level must have dropped when I retired from the U.S. Well, to be honest, uh, you left pretty much left Las Vegas for dead, and they didn't even make the playoffs this year. Retired? Did you even play? Hey, this championship ring on my finger says I played mighty fine, and I was hoping Marcus Hopper would have took over my role and led the team to another championship, but clearly not everyone has championship DNA like me. Uh, Marcus Hopper left at the same time you did, except he went to another team. Uh, he told Are me you that out of the loop, Corby? Are you that drenched in your own success in the championship that you haven't been able to pay attention to anything? Like, I've been training, okay? Okay, we'll, we'll take Can I see that championship ring? Can I see that championship ring? Can you see that championship ring? You know what? You want to see it? You can go on eBay and buy one of the other ones from the other disrespectful, stupid championship teams that won in the past because it means nothing as long as I got mine. Uh, Here, you can see it. You don't know about your uh, ring, but I, I know Rudy Walker. He has about three medallions and, like, two Bet, Bet Ferris and Vess Awards for the Faffle. Like, mate, it's, it's one ring. Like, I know it means a lot to you, but, like, don't hype yourself up like you're the greatest athlete of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I am the greatest athlete of all time. I think Mr. Walker will beg, beg to differ, but let's get on with what you've been doing. Like, you, we haven't heard anything from you in the last 12 months. Most people suspect you've just been just soaking in the wind for the last 12 months, but you have said that you that's not true. What have you been doing? Well, after I retired from the UFL, I was uh, sitting in my mansion thinking, man, it's hard to be this good-looking and talented. And I realized I could not sit back and rest on my laurels. What kind of man would I be waking up and just you own laurels? Not doing anything. Laurels, uh, and I can spell it just fine: L O R E L S. Laurels. Anyway, hmm. interrupted. I can tell my story. I went down downtown, right? Just taking in the sides for the first time, seeing my face on the billboards, getting autographs signed, you know. The life of a champion. Mm -hmm. And I saw this place. They spoke to me, you see. These, they were fighting, but they were fighting for sport. You know what I mean? I've never seen anything like it. Now, I know football. I've been the fastest one on the field since the time I could walk. 
All right, you hear that, Christina? Faster than you. And you know what? I'm better than you because I'm the one with the ring, and you're sitting at home watching the championship game. Jeez. Get on with it, Kobe. Just get on with it, Kobe Carson. I joined Mixed Martial Art. That's what I did. Oh, man. She's... Wait, Mixed Martial... Wait, Mixed Martial Arts? Cage, mano e mano, no... Well, actually, there's tons of rules. But either way, if I was going to be the best on the football field, I'd also be the best in the cage. I live to be the best. Do you understand? Uh, yeah. Maybe. Uh... Good luck with losing your uh, teeth and getting your head knocked off. Oh, I already had my head knocked off plenty of doing the sparring fights, okay? You're not supposed to, uh, you know, taunt the opponent when he's within kicking distance of your head or else your head's going to hit the canvas. But that's another story. They deleted that footage. It didn't happen, okay? But you just said it happened. Uh, let's see. Uh, hang on. Ah, here it is. There's a picture. There's a video of it on this uh, tube you thing of my bob. Hey, yeah, look at that. That, that. that makes you look really cool. Don't, don't look at that, okay? Don't look I'm at that. I'm looking at it. It's good. That's actually pretty yeah. good. Delete that photo. Oh, that's all right. That, oh, Jesus. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I've been kicked Ooh. that hard in the Marines, I'll tell you. It's not I, that fun. I have seen, I've seen hits in the faffle that weren't as hard as that. Jeez. It, it cut. Well... Well, okay. there you have it. Kobe Carson's been doing mixed martial arts and getting his head kicked in. I, I, I've been kicking in heads, too. Look at my sparring record. This doesn't oh, look that impressive. Uh, no, it's... Uh, uh, I have more wins on this in the army than I... and the military or whichever. You're lying. Well, anyway... You all can go on and make your jokes because at the end of this year, I'm gonna be a champion again. Well, who's gonna who's gonna take you in? Like I, I mean, who would take oh. a guy like you in? Oh, you didn't hear? <laughs> of course you don't, cause you're sitting here with the rest of these losers. Back on with the loser rhetoric, mate. God, we've had I heard enough of it when you're on the Pro Bowl. Mate, loser doesn't a loser actually treats his opponents with respect. A the winner treats his people with respect. A loser well, I don't know where I'm going, this just what I'm saying is I'm trying to say that you're the loser and the, these other people aren't because they actually respect their opponent and you don't. Oh please, you wanna go home and play patty cake? You wanna give out hugs instead of handshakes after the game? That ain't Look, what this is. Did you see what Brian Shadowwolf did when when he when he lost the grand final? Like he actually treated his opponent with respect. Like he actually went up and congratulated the guy. Like that's good sportsmanship. That's how you do it. I hey, mean, I how would you have reacted if he'd lost the furball? Okay, okay. Come on. Uh, quick interjection here. Does anyone else want does anyone else want popcorn to this verbal fight show? Because this is actually pretty good. No, Take I'm some. on yeah. yeah, I gotta get back to the faffle in a week and that, and I don't want to. I don't want to be given food poisoning. More for us. Oh, come on. Oh, it's good popcorn. I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Actually, mm -hmm. yeah, they actually put the right amount of solid butter in this. They're actually sparing no expense here in California. Mm -hmm. All right, Mr. Carson. What is your is your big announcement? We're listening. Well, my announcement is that I'm officially joining League 
It's coming out this fall. It is official, baby. They have signed the sanctions with the athletic state commissions and the state senators and the extra senators, judicial, legislative, whatever that fancy-mancy government. All right. The UFFC, United okay. Furry Fighting Championship, is finally being put together. It's going to be the toughest furs on the fighting. Uh, see, this is what happens when you interrupt me. Let me talk. You better uh, thank God I'm not in Burp and Gary at the moment, calling the Brisbane Brumpies versus the Darling Storm. I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. Sign me up. Sign. Well, the problem is with his ears, he can't not hear it. <laughs> yeah, well, Sorry. well it's... It should be an interesting venture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, wait until the Fafel throws out Gregory Parkers at this point. Like, I mean, that guy's on a loose thing. I mean, I expect, I kind of expect him to go on a sore career when he's retired from this. And honestly, if that fight happens, um, yeah, that would be very interesting. But yeah, you're apparently going this route. I am, and they're starting off with a bang. Let me tell you what they're thinking about putting together. They're going to call it Ultimate Fighter. You know what that means? It's going to be a bunch of fighters in a house, all tournament style. Yeah. I thought their first, first event would have just been a tournament for the title, but I guess they're trying to do a different route. I mean, it, it still is a tournament for the title. It's just a different route, you know? Mm -hmm. You don't sound that impressed. Yeah, well, I mean, when, uh, when you hear that Cody Carson's going to be involved with it, you kind of go a little bit, hmm. You're going to have to I'll share say, your space with somebody else, Kobe? That's a I'll say big whatever. step in the right direction. All space is my space. Understand that. Oh, hold on a second. I'm going to step onto is my field. Yeah, that's what Kobe, I thought. Kobe, shut up. I'm going to say what we're all thinking except you, Kobe. Kobe Carson in the first round. Ten-second knockout. With me, the winner... No. no, I'm talking first <laughs> round. I'm saying first round, you're getting knocked out within 10 seconds. Yeah, well... I'm Anyone want to bet lower than me? Probably by, but probably by some sort of shoot fighter, I think. I think I think a shoot fighter would do very well in that, so... Yeah, good luck trying to take on some shoot fighters. Shoot fighters, boxers, submission specialists, I don't care. What about, what about the... Is there any sumo guys in this? Any sumo guys? Yeah. I mean, like, like the Titan division? Like, what? like, Tyron Appleby big. Like, 350, maybe 300 pounds, maybe 400 if they're lucky. Like, I don't know how good they'd be, but I mean, it'd be an interesting spectacle, if I'm honest. Well, they're putting together the weight divisions. You know, they're seeing how many gauge in the fight, they're seeing who's in, who's out. But mm -hmm. from what I understand, Aside from the individual weight divisions, there's gonna be one ultimate belt to go, you know, to go along with all the other divisions, of course. But mm -hmm. a belt everyone can compete for men, women, 400 pounds, 60 pounds, it doesn't matter. That belt decides who is the baddest fur on the planet. And I'm gonna own that belt. Yeah, well. And, and Kobe, I have to ask since, you know, you're going to obviously win this championship for yourself and prove Thank to the you. world how fantastic you Thank are you. uh yes so so what is the incentive for everyone else who is looking to um 
you know, try and fail at uh, beating you in becoming the ultimate fighter. Oh, you mean the losers who don't get the belt? Oh, please. They're not going to get fired or nothing like that. They ain't going to disappear on the face of the planet. That's how we decide the title contenders. And by we, I mean me, the inevitable champion. Is how they decide the title contenders. Are you at least going to share your scorpion chips with them? (laughs) No. They're my scorpion chips. And nobody is going to have yeah, well, well, thanks to Thomas about that, Kirby. So, big announcement here. Kirby Carson going to the new star, UFFC. They'll be having an Ultimate Fighter thing. Tune into that if you want to see him get beaten up but pretty badly. Uh, but let's move on to what's been happening to the football weekend here in Ontario. And, Charles, what has been going on here? It's, it's been a very party-like atmosphere. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, as you can see, it's really fun to, to be here, uh, California, even if uh, the dance uh, and the uh, uh, subpar season, every time everyone here is pretty excited. Uh, yes, hello. Uh, pretty excited to, to, to see uh, the Furball 4 being contested here. Uh, there's been a lot of activities, a lot of music. Uh, I did my, my trip uh, around the place, uh, and uh, I, I gotta say the Scorpion Dome uh, is really looking uh, f- uh, mighty fine for this uh, uh, extraordinary event today. Mm-hmm. So it's here. I mean, I've been over this weekend. I've been kind of walking around Ontario, and I, I mean, this is a city that's that's very happy to be hosting this big event. I mean, I've enjoyed the sights. I mean, I normally don't go to the U.S. I mean, I'm mainly based in Australia, as you'd know. I mean, I got to call Faffle Games and go to this event, that event, and that event. I'm just kind of glad to get out of the atmosphere, and I'm glad to be here. Uh, so, okay, Matt, you've kind of not been doing much recently, but it's cool to see you back. Uh, guys, should Thank we you. start off with the furball preview here, guys? I mean... Let's go. Let's go, guys. Up, right up, up now. Let's go. We're going to be talking about Football 4, Eastern versus Chicago. Let's preview it. Alright, yeah. And guys. That's yes. And uh, Kirby, you going to speak? <laughs> Bit quiet there, buddy. Uh, I'm not amused by this championship game. It's not having me in it. If I was in it, I would win it. Yeah, well, you're going to the UFFC. Focus on that, Mark. But let's talk about this game. Let's see how these teams got here. And, Charles, let's talk about Chicago first. What, how did they get here, and how did it all go for them? Well, uh, the, the Chicago club had a pretty good record. Uh, they finished 12-4 and four with a record 6-2 at home. Uh, six and two on the road and eight and four against the conference uh, but they finished third in the united uh, this year uh, we had a lot of hopes uh, for the team uh, when we did our preview a couple of months ago uh, we we had them as favorite to to be in the third bowl today and uh, well it wasn't as easy as it would be because many teams have stepped up uh, the ramblers uh, North Florida, uh, especially 
but uh, they managed to be uh, there pretty uh, pretty uh, all right i mean uh, only the little uh, problem they had during the season they lost everett since uh, for the entirety of the season and in week six uh, everett uh, has been uh, quite uh, uh, a big important piece mm -hmm. uh, for the defense and uh, the, because of that, uh, following the injury, uh, the Outlaws had a little three and three stretch, but uh, they eventually uh, finished strong uh, with the five game winning streak and seven with the right. playoffs. Right. Jeez, that was a. Uh, I mean, Everett Sims, big part of that team. I mean. I would actually throw in there that I think Chicago is going to be just fine without Everett Sims. They've proven that the play of Quincy Doss, who is also at that position, is more than capable of taking on the load that uh, Sims, you know, and Doss would share. I mm -hmm. believe that I believe that Doss was leading the league in interceptions at one point, right. if I'm recalling correctly. Okay, uh, James, your your thoughts on how Chicago got here? My thoughts, they've gotten, they're a pretty strong team. I've been watching them all season. They, like you said, are 12 and four, six and two at home, six and two on the road, eight and four in the conference. I honestly have to say, we're looking at possibly the winner of this game today. Ooh, uh, I might be, you Good might one. be right about that, but we're still gonna have a look at the other teams. Uh, Kobe, your thoughts on Chicago? I mean, this is a team representing your former conference. I mean, gotta be some respect there. Uh, let me tell you, I hated facing Chicago. Uh, remember, they booted us out the playoffs one year. I did not take that well at all. But here's the thing about Everett Sims, the former New York Titan, faced us in the championship, blew us out the water. He was really good. After he went down with the week six injury, who are you replacing them with? Our coach always used to tell us defense wins championships. So you replace them with who? Patrick Bush, you said? Not Quincy Doss. Doesn't matter. The two were in your chain by the time I was in the league. And no matter what season it was, those two would always lead the league in interception or at least be dang near a shoot and a turn from it. Mm -hmm. So, go Everett Sims going out by an injury, nah, it's not that big of a deal. It doesn't help him at all, but it ain't going to be the make or break team. And I'm going to have to go with Chicago in this game because their defensive prowess is just a bit better than Easton's right now. All yeah, right. I believe. Well, you? Jesus, you're wrapping <laughs> this up quickly, mate. Uh, Jesus. Uh, right, so. What, what is there to debate? I think, you know, well, so there are some things that we need to debate, and. And, and well, I'm sure you're going to bring us to those in a moment here. Uh -huh. I want to throw in, you know, I mentioned Doss, and, and he had a 25-yard interception return uh -huh. in the game in the divisional round versus North Florida. He's proven that he can step it up when needed to get this team to, you know, further in and, and be able to face for the first time in the Furball, the, uh, you know, the, the Continental Conference champion. So mm -hmm. they wouldn't have won that game without that interception return. And, and, and that was, you know, in part by the fact that the defense has remained strong despite losing Sims for the season. Mm -hmm. 
And also, I kind of want to point out, too, that's also because uh, Flip Penguinator is one of the top leaders in throwing interceptions yeah. or pick sixes in the league so far. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. No coincidence there why Chicago managed to get that one. Yeah, that was a that was a big upset. I think a lot of people were expecting North Florida to kind of go through here. I mean, they people thought that they they would actually. I mean, this was a huge rod for the like outlaws here. Like, I mean, they defeated a highly favored North Florida, and then they defeated like the team of the year in Texas Ramblers, thirty-three to twenty. Jeez, this, they have they have gone through a huge. That they had to go through two huge opponents here just to get here, and. Might I say they've done a good job at it? And I will say yeah, too. And, um, oh, go ahead. <laughs> good. Thank you. You know Darius Smith. We've talked about him several times in the past. We're back, well poised, perfect. Uh, you know, if you want to get to the detail of a player and and their stature and their ability to run outside of the pocket when necessary, effectively. He was 19 of 24 for 244, 244 yards, excuse me, offensive player of the game, two touchdowns, 136.8 quarterback rating. And that's one of the highest single game quarterback ratings of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've seen this before, though, and this is where I want to get the perspective of like the intangibles. Failed several times in big games. And this is my concern, especially leading into the, the mm. fur bowl, that we're going to see again Smith not being able to step it up and and, and potentially losing the game on a couple of big mistakes. Oh. If, and, and you know that's that's just simply what my perspective on it is, and I'm wondering what everyone else is thinking. Hmm, that is a big yeah. point to put up there. I mean, I think Darius has done all right this season, but I mean, sometimes some players lay, lay a huge egg in really big pressure situations, and this could be a chance for Darius. Uh, Charles, what do you think? Uh, Charles. Ch- Charles. Charles is yeah. falling asleep. Oh, no. Uh, sorry, I was uh, looking at everything uh, for the. Uh, Darius Smith yeah, is being quite exemplary uh, for this season and uh, he, he showed that he wanted to uh, change, uh, turn back uh, on his, uh, his the tough performance last year in the conference championship against the, the Las Vegas Bandits and uh, he really stepped it up especially against the Ramblers that have been red hot mm-hmm. uh, coming in the, the conference. Uh, he, he, it's been going really well. Uh, he led the, the offense uh, uh, really uh, strong against uh, Texas, uh, especially with the weapons like Korean Mustaine. Uh, that's uh, 100 uh, yards receiving during this game. So uh, it's really, it, it, everything seems to be clicking right now, and uh, it, it's going to be a tough task to try to put this thing down. Yeah, I think it will yeah, be but, too. Yeah, the pressure is oh. going to be on. Can he handle it? Of course, I think any player in the league who is poised to really put, you know, cement um, themselves as the best. <laughs> if I could, if I could say something, if I could say something here, uh, I think Matt does bring up an interesting point about uh, Darius coming off of, well, having a record of uh, having 
choke in big games because uh -huh. you take a look at the other team they're facing, the Easton Bald Eagles. Granted, yeah, they beat them in week six, but look at Easton in the playoffs right now. They go up against Fargo, heavily favored team, strong defense, and really nice-looking quarterback in Christina Carson. Sorry, Kobe. Hey, that's my sister. Your sister's got it going on. Ooh. Ah. Anyway, She's, but anyway, are we going to get a Witherspoon anyway. Carson <laughs> wedding here? <laughs> don't I'm count frightened. on it. But don't count on it. But anyway, Fargo, heavily favored team, 11 and 5, strong team. They managed to Easton manages to squeak by them. They go to Mo they face Montreal again, heavily favored team. Granted, their starting quarterback was down, but they still had a solid backup in Riggins or whatever his name is. I don't know. But uh, it's it's Blake Riggins. Blake yeah, Riggins. Blake Riggins. Yeah, thank you. Blake Riggins. I don't care. But anyway, they go against Blake Riggins and the Montreal Royal. Mm -hmm. And again, Easton manages to somehow squeak by and win it. Yeah. Now they're going up, Now that they're in the furball against the Chicago Outlaws. Will the Easton Bald Eagles be able to squeak by them? I honestly, I honestly don't know this one. This is actually a new challenge. Yeah, this is this is a challenge. Some of y'all are making Roy Jesus look like the best reporter on this entire planet. Okay. Oh, shut up! Shut up, Roy. No, no, you listen to this story, okay? Roy the Jesus didn't know crap. Like God, have you seen him on the radio show? He couldn't. He, he didn't know how to work the phone lines, for God's sake. He was amazing. No, he wasn't. Anyway, like he tried to tried to pin Brexit on the faffle. And I had to tell him that it doesn't work like that. Whatever, whatever. Back when I was a player playing on the field against Darius Smith, it brought me back to high school when I was in biology class. And we had these petri dish of fruit flies, right? Because we were just studying them, whatever. Right. And there was this white fruit fly. Right? And I asked the teacher, hey, what's this white fruit fly? And the teacher said, huh, that's an anomaly. Smith is in the UFFL. He is an anomaly. He is a good quarterback. Yes, he would have had to been to make it this far. But he is not an A1 quarterback. Because he doesn't have the consistency. The tangibles, the excruciating pressure. You want to talk about excruciating pressure? The hell is that? Excruciating pressure is choking every time you get to the playoffs throughout your entire career and never making it further championship against an injured las vegas bandits now well darius smith is not the better quarterback in this situation i told y'all it's the defense that's gonna win yeah and what does that explain how brian showoff got to a grand final with like a high powered offense and red hot go i'm so sick of hearing about brian showoff he is not a champion i am people need to accept this yeah, well, he'll be a champion in the future. He keeps up Red Hot Go. I'm telling you that right now. Like, the Gold Coast Dragons are a team to watch in 2018, and I think you picked picked the wrong gut, wrong horse to yell at, I think. I've been hearing it. I've been hearing it, but I ain't seeing it. I got these ears I can hear, but I can't see it. Yeah, you're not seeing it because you haven't been watching it. <laughs> then your eyes are probably swollen shut because they've been hit so many times, so you have black eyes now. Well, uh, well, if I, I can put uh, put the, the thing right back on track, uh, it's uh, Eastern 
indeed has been doing having a wonderful run seeing them go and even if they managed to beat Montreal I gave the credit where the credit is due uh, they kept working out but uh, from what I seen uh, uh, it seemed that uh, in the last game uh, Easton uh, was able to do just enough to disrupt uh, the, the Montreal offense and ended up uh, winning uh, uh, cap uh, capitalized on the, the occasion they were given uh, this time uh, facing a team that's really uh, in complete control like the, the, the Chicago Outlaws it's going to be interesting to see if that famous uh, luck is gonna run out this time because uh, they're going to face an old new different deal but you can't really count them out I mean they show it time at the time not to mention uh, one uh, great uh, moment the downriver miracle uh, that happened uh, uh, on week 11 when uh, downriver uh, last uh, uh, shot of the game uh, with uh, Draco Lindum uh, that completed that pass to help uh, uh, Easton win that game dramatically it really was a booster for that team uh, because when you think about it if they lost that game they might probably not be here right now mm -hmm. I would say and and, and, and thank you for uh, for that Charles uh, the greatest thing about uh, having been here in 2014 when the league was started was being able to see, uh, you know, if I had to compare Easton to another team, it would be the 2014 Fargo Axemen. And, and the things that they accomplished were similar. They had a very long ru uh, run of wins in the middle of the season that propelled them into the playoffs. At that time, they actually beat Easton to proceed to the final against Downriver. And if you recall that game, it ended in overtime on a tie, you know, it tied and went into overtime. It was, mm -hmm. it was a miraculous game. So it's going like, you can have all the momentum in the world and still you have to proceed through the entirety of the game. And that's my only concern right now for Easton is that they have to be able to prove that they have to bring their A game through the entirety of the game if they want to win this. They cannot tie and go into overtime because I think think Chicago has enough experience to deal with that situation. They have had, and you can start to list off the statistics too later on. I'm sure you know we've got quite a bit of proof, but they have the momentum, and I think they can use that to their advantage. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with you, Matt, there. I think, yeah, I mean, this is a team that kind of, this is probably the ultimate underdog here. I mean, like, they had a three, they had hit three and one once the season started, then a five-game losing streak, then they managed to turn around, and since then, they've had some dramatic, dramatic wins, and they've gotten themselves there. But the main question here is, how far can this streak go? Can this, can this ultimately get them across the line, or will they be beaten this game? I don't know. This is this is a very interesting matchup. I mean, I mean, Kobe goes on about, ooh, it's not, not a good championship game. It doesn't have me in it. Well, this has a this has a chance to be a really good one here because 
We got two teams with some interesting question marks. You got two decent teams here. It looks pretty good to me. So, guys, anything else you want to say about about the teams at the moment before we kind of go through a bit more about it? I guess, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure a lot of fans are still really surprised at the fact that we're talking about the third and fourth teams, place teams facing off for this championship, mm -hmm. which have at least one first place uh, team. And that didn't happen this year. I think it it's credit to the coaches. They've worked really hard with these crews to make make it known that, yeah, we got we may not have done so well during the main part of the year, but we're going to bring our A game to the playoff run. And, and you gotta look at it from that perspective too. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm I'm seriously interested in seeing uh, uh, the offensives and the defenses, you know, Kobe's not completely wrong here. Defense does win championships, uh, but it's not all of uh, all of the story. So, yeah, that is true. I mean, like, I mean, it's good to see these teams through. I mean, granted, I think Tyler Colton and Jack Knight would have been very happy to see the Ramblers get to this, but I mean, kind of stumble and lost all that, but. I think with a team with theirs, they could easily get back to the championship game and probably even get to this game next year. But, I mean, credit to these two teams for knocking down big, big teams in, like, the Fargo Axeman, Montreal Royal for Easton, and, uh, let's see, it was North Florida. North Florida and, and Texas. And Texas for Chicago. I mean, you got to give credit to them. They, they, played, they played the best kind of football they needed to at that time and got themselves through, and they've... Just going to do one more game of that, and one of them is going to be holding the title. Anyway, uh, they did have one matchup in the season, in the regular season, and oh, uh, it was a bit one-sided here. The Outlaws won 29-17. That Marius Smith was the offensive player of the game. 11 passes out of 23 attempts. 193 yards, 3 touchdowns, 1 interception, and a quarterback rating of 98.4. With Tom Myra being your defensive player of that game, eight tackles, one sack, and one safety. So, hmm, can we that get was an interesting. Yeah, that was an interesting game. You know, you highlighted Tom Myra's safety there on Lindworm that kind of broke any uh, real sense of pottery between Easton's uh, offensive line. And somehow, you know, we know how the rest of the story went, and I'll just leave it here that, you know, they came back in after losing several games to kind of bounce, you know, they bounced back and, and made it known that they had figured out what was going on, that things to happen at that time and uh -huh. have, have, have proven themselves worthy to be the opponents um, facing off for this championship. Yeah, that's. I'll leave it to. Uh, I'll leave it for Charles or James to add anything. Well, uh, I, I got nothing. Oh, you got <laughs> nothing. Oh, I got something. All right, Kobe. Down your you soapbox. You gotta realize, my sister is better than both these quarterbacks. Yeah, okay, All right, here we go. This game is not going to be won on offense alone. So defensive aspects you see regular season is fine and all is fine and dandy you get your w's enough to make the playoffs but it's the playoffs that matter 
and you play to win the game. During the regular season, coaches are still testing out their playbooks. I literally saw a coach change the play five minutes before the game even started. Regular season wins don't mean a thing. Mm -hmm. It's going to come yeah. down to talent. Right. Not which team has the most talent. Right. Yeah. Um, I, if I can say <laughs> something, I actually cannot believe the words are coming out of my mouth. But uh, I kind of actually agree with Kobe Carson on this oh, one. Come on! Now, hold on. Uh, hold, on hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. I'm only saying... I'm only saying he's right on this because, yes, it is the playoffs. Things are a lot different. The stakes are a lot different. You made it to the playoffs. You have won all the games in the regular season. Now you got to either keep what you're doing or change it up and actually win the big one. Yeah, that is. I, I agree with that, actually. It's... The question is how. And and and, and we the, if we the start answer talking is right. about <laughs> the answer is right in front of you. I mean, just take a look. We got Easton and we got Chicago. We managed to, as we've been spitballing around, Moonly. I said spitballing. It's all right. It's it's G-rated, guys. All right, shut up over there. I see over there, Mike. Shut up. But anyway. <laughs> but anyway, what was I saying? Oh you yeah. Were saying um, you were that... saying I'm right. Uh. Matt, what was I saying? Quickly <laughs> telling us that um, this is this is the furball, and that's exactly. Oh yeah, I remember the furball, and they face oh, yeah. off As, against each oh, other. Yeah. I got it. I got it now. I know. What I, was, I know. What I was gonna say. What we've been spitballing this whole time is that both Chicago and Easton managed to knock off two really strong and highly favorited teams by changing their strategy, and now look where they are. They're in the furball. Facing each other. Who's got the better playbook? Who's got the better strategy? We'll find out in about uh, less than a half hour, maybe 45 minutes. Yeah, so yeah, I, I see the, the, the people are really starting to flock in uh, in the Scorpion Dome, but uh, some people are still here around us to, to listen what we have to say. Mm -hmm. um, some people are literally flocking in. See that family over there? Mm-hmm. Hi, Sam. Hey! Enjoy the show! <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the offense here, and ranking-wise, I'm going to say Chicago are going to be... If you're an analytical guy, they're going to be your favorites in this game. They're first in the league in points per game. First in the league in yards per game, fifth in the league in rushing, and first in the league in passing compared to Easton, who are sixth in passing, rushing, yards per game, and seventh in points per game. So, yeah, guys, uh, hmm. What you... I know teams have been first in both who don't even make it. All right, Kirby, all right. Uh, yeah, so, guys, what do you think about this? I mean... This is going to say that a lot of the offensive battle might go in the favor of Chicago here. That is true. Yeah. I think Chicago has had a ton of time and, and a couple seasons where they spent a lot of efforts um, picking and choosing players correctly, You know, having good draft pick in 2015 to get Jean-Étienne Tremblay, who has been nothing short of phenomenal for that Lame. organization. The uh, 
the questions I see are a little bit more balanced are, are based towards the defense, which we'll get to in a little bit here. Um, but uh, no, no doubt, uh, in, in terms of offense, Chicago's just had a lot of time to and how to best organize their players to be the most successful they can be. And Easton has played recently, and, and I actually almost want to see how their stats face up in the last six games. You know, we, we've been right. talking about how great their record is and, and leading up into the uh, pro, uh, into the furball here. But, um, and, and this is respective of all season long. So I'd really love to see how they've done in more recent games. I'd, I don't have those stats with me, but I'd imagine that they're much better than sixth and seventh overall in in the stats that we are looking at for or talking about for the offense mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. charles james what do you have anything to say about this well from what i've been seeing uh, it's really academic at this point the stats are right here uh chicago has been one of the most potent offense uh, in the league uh, and for a while also uh, uh, led uh, led with all the big weapons with Darius Smith and uh, Trouble. Uh, you can talk also about uh, Korean Ma- Mascard and Olin Rooters uh, at wide receivers. Uh, it, there's uh, a lot of weapons uh, that's uh, really dangerous uh, for. Uh, the offense of Chicago and this and like I said it's quite simple as the stats are showing it mm-hmm. uh, my only question is are we talking about uh, the offense overall or just the quarterbacks wide receivers and running backs uh, I we're mainly talking about just the offense itself at the moment like just kind of comparing both of them here and well yeah I think if you the analytics the analytics don't lie, and they say that Chicago are the strongest team in, in this section. Yeah, the analytics say that, but uh, intangibles and intangibles <laughs> and all that. But at the same time, all that is all fine and dandy when you put it on paper. But when you have, when you actually see it on the field, it's a whole different story. And this is the furball. All right. I have no idea where I'm going with this. I'm probably going to ramble for a moment. I apologize, but this is the furball. Stats can change. People can choke. People can, I don't know, vomit in the parking lot, whatever. I've seen a couple do that already. All righty then. Um, They might be drunk. They might be drunk. They might be, but either way, it's the furball. Anything can happen. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, suddenly, you see this awesome Chicago Outlaw team, and they're like the best in the league. They can do everything. They can, I don't know, go to the Olympics and win the gold medal from all different countries. But right. when it comes down to it, are they ready for the game? I mean, are they really ready for the game? Because if they're not ready for the game, Easton's going to stamp all, stomp all over them and take that championship and run away with it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the real question. We gotta wait and see. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, uh, Kobe, anything you want to wanna say about this? Look, all I'm saying is stats only go so far. It comes down to the game plan on game day. Now, they have talent, I'll give them that, but it's going to come down to who is able to stop the other one's offense. I've been That's what I was trying show. to say. That's what I was trying to say right here. Now, don't you piggy off back me. All right, this is my I'm idea. I'm the one who said it. I'm not piggybacking off you. I was just say I was just saying that we're in agreement on something again. Oh, well, I'm right then. Uh, wow. Yeah, you are right then. As much as it sickens me to admit it. He is right there. And does anyone have a beer? Because I really need one right now after any <laughs> crack. Um, I'll take one too. Yeah. Uh, Where's the beer guy? Someone give guys, me a beer. Guys, we need some stuff here. Get the bib. Get the All stuff. Right. <laughs> but the quarterbacks of each of these teams. Yeah. Just a little bit. Because yeah. we've already covered them, I think, a, you know, a little. But essentially that we have really outstanding quarterbacks, uniquely both in their fourth years. Um, and, 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 and Smith, you know, we've, we've said a lot about him, so I'm not going to touch um, – potential league MVP again if if they manage to win this game and and so you know this is uh, Draco Lindworm the Eastern Bolt Eagles they've more quarterbacks start for their organization team um, in the league over the course of the four year you know out of that crop has a, a emerged Linworm, and and he's not been the most consistent, but he's managed to continually lead this team by example and and by showing that as a as a reptilian that he's able to kind of represent that group of he's in being able to be That's a quarter. Well, you know what I'm saying. The, the, the fact of the matter is I find his uh, ability fourth year, he's nearing his prime and and I think, you know, just shortly thereafter will, we, we, you know, we may see even bigger things from him in the future, mm -hmm. even if they don't manage to win this game uh, you know, based on what we've talked about with offensive stats. Yeah. I don't believe that. I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to have to say no, sir, on that one because I learned back in my high school championship game that once a loser. You learned something? Always a loser. Yeah, that's what I learned. This bloody loser rhetoric. I am sick and tired of it. You just throw anybody who doesn't agree with you under this bloody bus. And you want to know something? You are the loser, mate. If you keep doing this stuff to people. You are the loser, because if no one wants to work with you, you can't get anything done in this, in these sports. Like, you need to have a crew for the UFC. If you tick those guys off, you're going nowhere, mate. You've ticked off your teams, you've ticked off other people. Mate, you, you are going to have a rise and fall, my friend. And oh, when you, you fall, I'm going to be covering Ladies and gentlemen, right we have now. a okay. entertainment. Okay, okay. Come on, guys. This is about the furball. Alright. How about 
just an A1 quarterback, as I was saying. Mm-hmm. He started mm-hmm. bottom straight, drafted what, third round, last round of the original? First round, seventh pick. <laughs> so, Draco Limworm, he's okay, but he ain't A1. Okay. Now, surprisingly, his wide receiver, Dale Fadler. Now, that's an A1 wide receiver right there, standing six foot eight. Uh, but then he lead the league in receiving yards for one season. I think I remember that during my tenure in the UFFL. Hard to shut down. I'll give him that. I think it's going to come down to the passing game of the Eastern Bald Eagles. Now, if they can get their passes off to their star receiver, Delph Adler, and he does his thing, gets a touchdown, maybe two, I think the Eastern Bald Eagles have this one. All right. And well, well, if I can uh, say uh, something about the receiving call, yes, Delph Adler uh, has been uh, the, the big star in the receiving call uh, for Eastern. But you got to, for, uh, for, let's not forget, while Alder has is, is been the, the principal threat for Eastern, uh, call for Chicago has been even more uh, threatening uh, when you talk about the Korean Marscape and, and Olin Reuters. Uh, these two has been really uh, uh, causing havoc uh, to, to everyone in the league uh, with uh, the past with Smith using it as a main weapon and uh, one thing that's even more dangerous uh, even for Chicago is that he got, let's not forget about the giant central too is an extra threat that seems uh, to be capitalizing uh, on every chance he gets so not only he's been a threat on the ground but also it's an extra threat that Eastern have to, to, for, uh, to take care uh, in the past too. So uh, uh, with the amount uh, of, uh, ars- uh, of the arsenal, uh, it's a little tough task for Eastern to uh, trying to contain everyone. And when you check uh, the Eastern, uh, they've been commendable pretty much. You got Alder, you got Patrick Bryan, Flint Kurosawa. Uh, they, they've been doing pretty well, but uh, uh, when you check the, uh, the, the body of work, uh, it's fell in comparison to what Chicago has been able to do. So uh, in, the, in, in the passing game, uh, it's, I have to think it's really an advantage for Chicago. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh- you know, I, I, I have to disagree a little bit on that and, and, and what at between the teams that, you know, first of all, I, could, I don't understand how you could forget that Easton has drafted Susan Forrester this year and she's almost that she should have the sole starting position at running back her 810 total yards uh, that almost matches Staples 880. I don't know who they're going to start for the uh, Furball, but I would almost hope that they would consider Forrester at this point because you know, they've they've really in, in, in the running department, but uh, 
But if Easton really wants to prove that they can provide the extra punch that they need to prove that they can beat Chicago, they will put some TLC towards, you know, getting getting Forrester some more runs. I, or at least in that um, they, they, they've got two players here that they could trade off and, and really get um, the, the maximum off uh, what was probably their best uh, draft pick from this past season. Okay, then. Uh, guys, um, let's have a quick look at the, like, just the rest of the offense. We've got, uh, we got the running backs here with uh, Jeanette Tremblay. Did I say it right? Jeanette. <laughs> Jeanette Tremblay. Uh, 2016 Offensive Player of the Year. He had six touchdowns and a lot of yards. Uh, 1,294 total yards. Uh, uh, let's see. Fifth in the league in rushing yards. Tenth in pop, rushing TDs. Has a few backups here with Efren Frank, Ellsworth Star, Joel Conway. Uh, then we got Easton's got Bruce Staples. Fifth in the league with rushing TDs. In running for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, we got some wide receivers here. Uh, Joseph Ziegler was lost for Chicago during the playoffs. He was a leading tight end, so that might affect them. Uh, they've lost, uh, East lost their tight end in Amitu Foxalatic. I think, I, I hope I said that right. Uh, week 16 with a fractured cheekbone. Uh, was signed up this season to help with the tight end position. Uh, didn't really do much. Uh, he is currently questionable for the furball, so you might see him at the, you might see him in the game soon, but may not. I don't know. Uh, offensive line, uh, we got both are tied sixth in the league with sacks allowed and pancakes. Uh, Chicago at the advantage with 372 to uh, 302 here. Uh, guys, uh, your thoughts on the offense here? In general, uh, you know, uh, to, to summarize the, you know, I, I feel like we've already kind of run into the ground a little bit uh -huh. that, yeah, statistically Chicago dominates and, and they've got the players that they need to, to, you know, show Easton's offense how it's done. The, the point that we need to remember is perhaps looking deeper into some of these uh, player groups and, and, and realizing that, hey, you know, if Easton does utilize their, their the fact that they've got um, there's a star-wide receiver in Delph Adler, if they utilize the fact that they've got two running backs they can rely on and use the plays, in, right. they can reap the potential of Chicago. Okay, that is true. Uh, guys, do you think we've covered enough on the offense here? I was about to say, uh, we've talked enough about the offense. Can we talk about Kobe Carson's favorite group of people, the defense? <laughs> Thank you. Finally, someone around here speaking the language. Alright, well, <laughs> uh, guys in the notes, maybe try and cut it down next time. Uh, this is a bit much, if I'm honest, but hey, it's good to hey, you're something. the MC here. Get us going. All right. Well, let's move <laughs> on to the other half of the ball, the defense. 
And here, it's not exactly the strong suit of either of these teams, but uh, Chicago was sixth in points allowed, sixth in total yards allowed, eighth in rushing rushing allowed, sixth in passing allowed. Meanwhile, Eastern were ninth in points allowed, tenth in total yards allowed, somehow fifth in rushing allowed, so they've been pretty good in the rush defense, and thirteenth in passing allowed, so not very good on the passing defense, so... Uh, total this set. could be a problem. Yeah, it could be. Uh, total sacks. Chicago leads Eastern 68-59. Uh, Eastern has more interceptions, 19-15. Not all players for Chicago. Brad, Brad Ulrich, Nathan Mills, Ian O'Connor, Erman Th Eisden, and Emil Thiessen, James Nixon, and Thera Evans. So, guys, your thoughts on the defense here? Well, uh, again, uh, the, the stats are really showing, but uh, what we're really going to see in this game is going to be a great battle on the secondary. Because as you can see, uh, Chicago and Easton are having one of the top teams in the league in inter intersection, with Chicago being led uh, by Quincy Doss and Easton. We got uh, with uh, both uh, free safeties uh, have been uh, causing havoc on the team with Rita Skidmore and Levin Winters. So uh, it's really going to be a, a big, uh, a big uh, challenge uh, for for both the uh, quarterbacks uh, in, in having to deal, especially with the passing play. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see uh, early on. Uh, how the team is going to call their game uh, in order to maybe disrupt uh, uh, the other teams uh, with their, their strategies. Uh, uh, we, we see that uh, there's a lot of good players uh, that have been uh, get, uh, ready ready for, uh, for this game. Uh, Easton uh, will probably get a good boost with Leonardo Fernandez that has been clear to play uh, for the furball and they got nine sacks uh, for the season so it's going to be a, a, a big part uh, it, it's a real unfortunate for uh, Easton to have lost uh, Frederick Miles has been also a pillar uh, for uh, Easton uh, defense uh, but uh, it's really going to be uh, quite a, 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 a the point of emphasis is going to be how uh, both teams going uh, to uh, really uh, play uh, with the, the passing game. Mm -hmm. uh, Matt, any thoughts on that? Uh, we're going to have a high-scoring game. Oh, that's going to be interesting. And and and, and uh, you know, this is my prediction. You might have some of these big plays come up with the interceptions being pretty clearly in you know Easton you know one in this statistic they're better than Chicago leading mm -hmm. with 19 it's going to be a high scoring game because I, you know both both of these defenses have played with the other teams and and perhaps in more recent weeks they're they've upped the, their potential but I'm looking at this as the opportunity here to, to see just a, a, a bloodbath prowess and 
and, and I don't see, you know, given that there are some of these injury issues for for the backfield of Easton, given that there are some of these uh, younger players for the Chicago defense, they've they've had a rather old crew of players trying to represent continued success for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I don't you, where um, you, you know again we might have some of these really awesome and, and I would hope for at least a couple turnovers that's what makes a game interesting mm-hmm. uh, but, but I really do expect that we could see a very runaway type score um, or you know it's going to be back and forth types of games that yeah, fans this, love. This could be back and forth. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, like, this this match is going to... The offense is doing the strong suit here. Not the defense, but the offense. And I think that's what's going to tell the game here. How well these offenses play and if the defense can get maybe one or two vital vital turnovers. I think that's going to be what's going to decide this game. Uh, James, any, any words on it? Uh... I'm going to play my skip card and give it to Kobe Carson because he seems to know a bit about defense. Uh, a bit about defense. I have a championship caliber level defense IQ. Thank you very much. Let's get that right first and foremost. Second off, this is going to be a Here's your mode. clean segment, your majesty. Thank you. <sighs> this is going to be a blowout. Mark my words. Now, you mentioned uh, Easton was fifth in rushing yards defended and ninth and tenth in passing or yeah. total yards allowed whatever means there's four other teams beating them on the rushing that still means there's eight other teams beating them on the pass they don't have the defense to contain chicago's offense you know what i mean yeah i kind of get it. It, it it would look that way and you know i was going to ask actually kobe a few specific questions regarding the, the the defensive uh, probability of I mean, have a lot of turnovers, but that would the only do, way you're going to have a lot of turnovers. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you done? Can, can I speak? Uh, no, no. Only I may talk. Well, okay, fine. Then talk. All right, then. I was well, going to go on. A lesson about the only way we're going to see a bunch of turnovers is if Easton decides to hell with a run in this game. We're going to focus solely on pass. We're going to make Delph Adler the star. And Chicago defense, they're pretty smart. Their coach knows what he's doing. They're going to adjust accordingly to shut down that pass offense the same way they shut us down during our playoff run. We couldn't get any passes done. The same way they shut the New York Titans down back when I was still in the league against their pass and rush. I think that was my last year. That was the year we won. Good year, good times. Yeah, you brought a reign of tyranny over everybody in the league. <laughs> don't hate the player, hate the game, pork chop. Yeah, well, mate. I don't. I think you hate everyone else in the game, honestly. Everyone else is a loser. Get this rhetoric again. Anyway, let's move on from that and move on to the special teams here. And, hmm. Uh, Charles, you, you explain this, please. From what uh, we did see, uh, if, you, if we uh, can uh, ge- generalize 
the statistics, uh, I mean, again, uh, while you're talking about the, retur the, the, the return game on both teams, uh, Tremblay and Owen Luthers has been pretty successful with having some, uh, some kick return touchdown during the season, uh, averaging uh, well over 30 yards with uh, per carry uh, about the return uh, compa compared to uh, Easton have been pre uh, pretty alright in standard uh, but uh, we, we, we I can safely say that again uh, we might be like a broken record but I'm seeing if uh, the special the specialty card is going to be any of an issue I, I, I see uh, Chicago perhaps uh, doing some some, bi some big gains uh, during the game and possibly uh, maybe a return that could be a really turning point during the game. Alright. Uh, yeah, I think... Hmm. I, I, actually, I don't really have much thoughts on the special teams here. Like, I mean, if they can do well, they'll do well. If they don't, they don't. I mean, not really much numbers here that can tell me how we're exactly going. I mean, I can probably do better with the kicking team, which we'll go into next, but... Matt, uh, James, Kobe, what do you think about the special teams? I don't. It, do I have to? <laughs> what do you mean you don't? Because you were one of those returners for a while, if I recall. Yeah, yeah, but it's every once in a blue moon that any returner actually does anything extraordinary. There ain't exactly top-tier talent returning the ball out there. So you'd, call them, so you'd call them losers, then? I... Yeah, yeah, you know me so well. Yeah. Special teams are called special teams for a reason. They exist because we have special situations that you perform, and based on their... They're for the rookies who barely made a pass during the camp. Tell me, Kobe, I have a question for you. Would a loser... Would you consider a loser... No, would you consider a declared bankrupt a loser? I don't know if that's even relevant to the special team situation. Well, I'm, I wanted to talk, give Kobe a little bit of a punching, give, give him a bit of a push. Uh, yeah, uh, would you consider uh, Claire bankrupt or lose? If, no, because there were other forces at play. I didn't go bankrupt, okay? That was a misunderstanding with the court and the laws and the stupid system because everyone was against me because everyone you're, just... You're not, you're, you're not, you're not declared bankrupt. But the, why are you bring up court cases? Why are you bring up that? That 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 obviously means you you probably declared bankrupt. Say it was a patch in my life where I had a little bit of budgeting issue. I had a spending problem. That's all it was. It wasn't bankruptcy. I just had a spending problem. Well, then you're lying to me here. I'm not lying. I'm just. You not are. Telling you were lying well, to me! Guys, anyway, yeah, oh, come on. Don't move on to something else. Right. I mean, we seeing the guys over there, production that's turning. Move on. They move on. Yeah, they're giving if us I a signal could... we gotta move along, so yeah. Alright, alright. Yeah, I'll try and get so... Kobe on my radio show one time then. Yeah, so, uh, the other part, uh, we mentioned briefly the kicking team. I mean, uh, we all know that uh, 
sometimes uh, a, a game and a title maybe can be uh, winning uh, be won uh, by uh, the kick a mm -hmm. kick uh, of a, a player uh, and from what I see uh, we got uh, pretty much uh, two competent uh, kickers uh, kick, kicking units uh, uh, in both teams so uh, but he's, he's really going uh, to, to it's going to be interesting to see how they Talia Perez that's been a staple uh, for Chicago and Virginia Pratt so uh, they, they, they're There, these two ladies has been uh, on top of their heart, and uh, it's really, uh, it's really a no contest in terms of advantage. But uh, it'd be interesting to see if uh, the furball is going uh, to end up uh, in their in er, their shoes, literally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a few things to say about this. I mean, you look here and you kind of see that. Uh, Really, these two have been very accurate. One more so than the other. Uh, Virginia Pratt has only missed one field goal all year. That's going to be a lot of pressure on her. Uh, Fella Perez, she's she has missed a few, but she has got a she's got 37 out of 41 attempts. So that's that's still pretty good. Uh, so yeah, this could be the bounce in the making if we get to that point, which we might we might not. I mean. If it's a if it's a complete offensive show with no defense, maybe. But if it's uh, if it's a blowout, really, there's not going to be much need for him. Uncle Berger, who you know was in free agency only a couple years ago and was brought into Easton, um, the canine, you know, yes, very competent, 45.2 hunting average. But they have utilized uh, Dunkelberger quite a bit this year more so than I would say Chicago had to utilize their punting unit, which is a bad sign for uh, Easton's offense, meaning that you know the last thing you want to have to do is punt the ball away. Um, so so they need to, we, we want to see less of, I, I don't want to always say we want to see less of a player on the field, but that's a key indicator between these yeah. two teams that, you know, have to change something just slightly in in the favor of of strategy to uh, punting the ball to a team that's currently first in not only offense but also returning the ball all right well yeah i agree with you there. i mean i think the last thing you wants to see is dunkel burger on the field a lot of times because That's going to be costly because the last thing you kind of want is your partner on a lot of the time. I mean, they play a vital part in the game, but they are kind of the last guy you want on the field. So, I mean, that's going to be interesting. You're right about here. They've had to punt a lot, quite a few more times than Chicago did all season. So, that could easily be a factor as well. So, uh, Kirby, any thoughts about the kicking team? I love when the punchers come on the field. They're easy pickings when you return it. Well, that's because you meant, meant, meant to collect it. I mean, it's simple as that. I mean, oh, Have you had a punter try to tackle you so desperately, trying to tackle you as if they're grabbing for their job, and you're the reason they're going to get fired? Kirby. It is the best. Kirby. Come on. Like, I mean... Jeez, I mean, I've seen plenty of great punters. I mean, 
quite a few Fairfield players got into the UFL to be punters and that. I mean, Temple, Fargo's J.J. Brockman. The guy was a guy was a full four on the Gold Coast, came to Fargo and almost played in this year's football if they had gotten across the line. So, yeah, I Maybe. mean... One punter who is a great tackler. Anyone on this panel? Name me one punter in the entire UFFL who is a great tackler. JJ Brockman, the man's played Australian rules football. The guy, guy could decently tackle. He could stop. He could get. He could tackle a player, have another four pick it up, and score quickly for the Dragons. So, yeah, I'll say JJ Brockman. He's okay. Got a point here. Okay, okay, maybe him. Who else? Huh? No one. No one. In the uh, wait until another Fafel guy comes over. I, I guarantee you they'll be able to tap. Guys, they don't have the talent. They don't. I mean, mate, if you want to come back on the show sometime, be free to do so. I'll bring Brian Shelf on. You can have play box on with him, and you can just debate words with him. I get you why. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll do it just to shut you up because you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, I won't be there. I, I I get what it means. I want to see you two go at it again. And trust me, you guys will probably want to see it too. Do you guys want to see that? <laughs> Good. We will book Maybe. that sometime. So keep an eye out for that one. But yeah, that's interesting about the King team. Now let's move on to the X Factors here. Uh, for Easton... Can they keep their historic momentum for this game? Or midnight fire strike on the Cinderella team thanks to Chicago? Uh, man, you know, again, congratulations to the Eastern Bald Eagles in proving that a fourth place team can arch through the rankings and, and reach the fur bowl and, and be one step away from greatness. Keep their momentum for this game will it uh and, and, and that's where i have to kind of stay reserved because i think easton probably has to do a lot more creative um even if you because if you completely rely on your momentum then you uh you're Chicago's going to read through that immediately and adjust accordingly. Mm -hmm. So this is the big game. This is the big moment. Mm -hmm. Not do things the same way that you've been doing them all season long. You cannot do things the same way you've been doing them all playoffs long. All right. And you bring forth uh, the best that you have. So yes, they can keep their momentum. Will they? That's the really big question. That is a big question, and... Uh, Charles, what do you have to say about that? Well, uh, it's for, for someone who's seen that their team suffered through uh, that run, uh, like, I, like I said, uh, Mr. Mr. Lewis uh, is uh, really right. I mean, uh, while I really commend them, uh, anyone won't take, uh, won't take their miracle run away from them. They work really hard to get uh, to there, uh, but uh, at uh, one time, uh, at the end of the day, when uh, you're going uh, right like this, uh, a, a team that's fully ready and capable uh, can see uh, through the sh little shortcomings uh, that Easton might have, and uh, this time, 
it's it's really going uh, they really going to have to play the game of their lives uh, in order to to uh, to play that and it's it can be all about luck and, and getting uh, the, the chances when they might not even come this time so uh, it, it, it's so it, it's it's I really really tip my hat uh, for them if I had one uh, but uh, it's it's really going to be tough yeah it is gonna be very tough uh, James anything you wanna say Uh, let's see. I've only been, like, paying half attention because Kobe Carson made me go deaf. But, uh, let's see. Can he still pull off the momentum before midnight or... Well, midnight finally strive for the Cinderella and the team thanks to Chicago or will Chicago make it? Uh, that I honestly... Hmm. I honestly don't know this one because we've we've gone around the bush so many times around this and spitballed this entire episode and I'm just like at this point the person I thought that was going to win I'm not quite sure anymore Alrighty then. I was I was rooting for Chicago but now I'm like hmm hmm give it all hmm yeah there isn't a clear uh, path to victory here in previous years, it was a little bit more clearer between the matchups. I may speak on behalf of James. I understand that uh, there's got to be there's got to be that element of surprise. I, you know, to say that either of these teams have an advantage or that there's an X factor that they to and and really take the the game in a different direction. Uh, That's looking into specific player skills that I think we've already covered mm -hmm. earlier. So yeah, uh, yeah. So so we'll go over to Kobe. Your thoughts here. Uh, we won't ask the next question again about Chicago. It's, it's essentially the same thing. Like, can they look past season story and claim what they achieved the season? So, what are the X factors for this match, Kobe? The X factors ain't gonna be on the field. It's gonna be the coaching staff. It's gonna come up. Who drew up the better plan? Better yet, it's gonna come down to who stopped the other one from executing the plan. Who knew what each other was gonna do? The other, excuse me. Who knew what the other exactly was gonna do? That's it. Alright. Do that, you want. Okay then. So, guys, uh, I'm gonna ask you each this question Chicago will win the football if. So, what? So, they will win, in your opinion, if this certain thing happens so what is that thing that you think will have that has happened if chicago will win the fall stop delph adler seriously they, they need to be able to shut down that wide receiver and then i think from there the dominoes fall into place and they can uh safely plan free speech at the end of um, this game too uh, James, what what has to happen if Chicago will win the football? Uh, let's see. Chicago wins if... Hmm. Hmm. I have to go with Matt if they shut down 
They shut down Easton's pass game, and also they got shut down the run game, too. They got completely shut them down. Right. Charles, Chicago will win the third ball if... Well, if they manage to play their game and let the, the, the offense dominate like they always dominate. All right. I think Chicago will win if they can get their offense going on a red-hot goal here, because if they get that going and if they can get their defense going, it's theirs for the taking. I think the analytics don't lie. Meanwhile, okay, Kobe, we're fine to you. Chicago will win the third ball if... Uh, Chicago will win the third ball. Uh, I'll just go ahead and say it, say the obvious. Chicago's gonna win the Furball if Eastman decides to pass. Oh, Look, I've never man. met a championship team won by running the ball. Never. Has a Furball champion ever been a run dominant team? Maybe you can count the Don River Raves of the inaugural year, but that doesn't count since then. Playbooks have adjusted, players have adapted. There has never been a championship team that relied solely on running. Right. So it's going to come down to whoever shut down the passing game. And right now, Chicago has the best passing defense in the entire league. Right. So we're going to come, we'll come back to you. Easton will win the third ball if they do this. So what do you think they'll do? What they, they have to do if they're to win? Uh, let's see. I'd say Easton will win if A, they don't turn the ball over. And B, their defense steps up and answers Chicago with interceptions and turnovers. I, I was going to say, yeah, Easton needs to create turnovers. And 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 Chicago is definitely capable of turnovers for their deficit. Um, Darius Smith, again, I've brought him up before as being a potential prone to make mistakes in big games so if Easton manages to catch those interceptions and if they're on the right side of the field and they're doing everything right on offense which a little be bit a ago uh, okay, they so will <laughs> well, they will win prefer. Uh, well thank god we got James's thing there so he was kind of there for a he gave us his uh, Kobe Easton will win the third ball if Easton's going to win the furball if they can negate Chicago's defense, right. to be honest. Mm -hmm. If Easton is not affected by Chicago's passing defense, then they're going to win it. Okay. Point blank. All right. Okay. And finally, Charles, Easton will win the furball if... Yeah, if they're able to get their running game going and, dis and, and disrupt, disrupt uh, uh, Chicago's style of play. If Easton's manage to play their game all day, uh, frustrate uh, Chicago and get those uh, turnover like uh, Matt is saying, uh, they could possibly uh, win a close one and edge them out. Mm -hmm. um, can I just say something? Yeah. Uh, I just want to reiterate my point one time. <laughs> This goes back to when the New York Titans and us were facing each other in the finals, and I lost. We had the perfect defense all drawn up. We were going to shut down the Mew Day, as they call themselves, those idiots back then. And no matter what we drew up, 
no matter who caught it, I was right in front of him. I went for the ball, slipped through my fingers, wrapped him up for a tackle. It didn't matter. They carried me for 40 good yards, and they got the touchdown anyway. All right. Talent of the defensive team. Mm -hmm. Who has the most talented defensive team? Okay. So, essentially, what I'm going to say is Esau and the football, if they can actually get their defense working. Because if they can have the defense can have the game of their career, they can they can... Act, if they can pretty much have the game of their career, I think they can they can win it because the stats, the analytics aren't looking good, but there are teams that do lift up in these situations, and if they can lift up in this situation and put the pressure on Demaris Smith, I think they got this. I think they've got this game. I think they've got this game. They're just gonna put, it's gonna have the game of their career and put Demaris Smith on tap. He's gotta be under pressure all night if they're gonna get this win. So yeah, uh, final predictions and MVP predictions. Uh, Matt, go. <laughs> yeah, we got to They're they're starting to tell us we're going way over time. Mm -hmm. uh, final predictions. I think you know we're gonna see uh, at least thirty points. Likely Chicago. They're gonna run and pass, and and without. Knowing exactly how Easton's going to react on the defense, um, I, I imagine Chicago has the best chances of winning this game with uh, Darius Smith coming out as MVP. But if he doesn't perform, I think then we see uh, a flip scenario and we see either Adler or Lindworm taking home the trophy. All right. Uh, Charles, your five predictions and your MVP predictions. Well, it's, it, it can't go really either way. I mean, uh, Easton, uh, Easton got the running. Uh, Chicago has, uh, has the, the receiving core. But again, like analytic don't lie, if uh, Chicago able to get their offensive running, uh, it's really hard to stop them. And if you got uh, Darius with the passing, uh, with the uh, mass coordinated routines uh, on the Hay game, as well as Trombley uh, re uh, really pounding the, the ball uh, across the uh, Eastern offensive line, is going to be a, a tough task. But I, I like to think that uh, Eastern uh, will give it uh, a fair fight, but eventually the, the, the winner is probably be Chicago. Uh, maybe like like let's say uh, a good like 30-20 score uh, with uh, Darius Smith finally uh, getting the monkey off his back literally and maybe winning the MVP. Right, uh, James, you're back. Yeah, I'm back. Uh, right. Sorry about that. Uh, guy in the production room dropped something. I needed to help him out, but uh, let's All see. All right, uh, uh, we're on our final predictions and MVP predictions. So. Who do you who do you predict to win the game? Who's going to be MVP? Uh, let's see. Hmm. You know what? Y'all are saying Chicago. I'm going to take a chance here, and I'm going to say Easton wins it. And my prediction for MVP will be either uh, either Ludworm or let's see. What's his name? Uh, Delph Adler, maybe? Mm -hmm. Right. Kobe, your last guess on the thing. What are your final predictions and MVP predictions for this game? Well, if I was in the game, it'd be me, obviously. 
since I'm not in the game, I'm going to say Chicago wins. Darius Smith is the MVP. Easton gets it going with Delph Adler, in which case I give Draco Lindbergh the MVP of the game. Right. With Delph Adler having two touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Well, then it just comes down to me then. I gotta make a big pick here. The fact that we haven't brought up any time during this podcast is that for the last three seasons, all the champions have come from the United Conference. Downriver. It's true. New York. Yeah. Las Vegas. Mm. You know, I'm going to say this. I think the draft's going to break this year. I think the Cardinals are going to win it. I think Easton's going to win. And I think Delph Adler will be MVP. I'm going to lay it out right there and now. <laughs> wow. So I want like to boldness. Yeah. I'm going to say this. Like, three years of domination. I think it's going to come to an end this year. Easton will win. Delph Adler. MVP. Guys, it's been great having you on the show. Thank you for seeing you again, Matt Lewis. No problem. Thank you for having me back. Uh, Kirby, it, I, I can say it was it was memorable. Like, it was the best day of your life. Yeah. Uh, Charles, <laughs> Charles, thanks for coming here. You've been a great help to the podcast since we started. I mean... When, when, you were on the first episode, but I think you came on as a guest in, like, episode two, and you haven't left. So, essentially, you've become a permanent cast member. Ah, thank you, Wes. Uh, it's been really fun, and I can't wait to, to get in the in the Scorpion Dome and take my seat and watch that superb game going. Mm-hmm. James, thanks for coming. I mean, you've been on and off the show quite a bit. Yeah, I have, and I will actually also echo what you said. It's really good to have a, a Charles Bergen or Bergeron, whatever Bergeron. He's a really good. <laughs> he's a really good guy. He's really fun to have on the show, and it's really good to have him on the show. And I hope we have him on for even more episodes from here on out. Well, he's a permanent cast member. He's been that way for a few episodes now, so he will be. <laughs> well, that ex. I go to show along that bit away. Yeah, uh, Tyler, <laughs> we really hope to be on this show, buddy. Still get the floor. Bit of a shame with that, but mate, we'll see you here next year. You, we're making sure you're coming here next year. Maybe not California, but you're gonna be here at the side of the football next year, and you're gonna like it, buddy. <laughs> well, man, Tyler. Yeah, well, guys. Thanks for being on the show. Mm-hmm. I've been Wes Carey. I've been James Witherspoon. I'm Matt Lewis. And you have been graced by the presence of Kobe Carson. No thank you required. And guys, do we have time for our musical performance? Uh, producer telling me no. Um, crap, we've just wasted about about $500,000 trying to book a big act, but no time for that. Guys, I'm gonna throw it to you. I'm gonna throw it to you over in the fireball, in the bubbles, in the scorpion time guide. Thanks for the way to watch you, the FS, FSN spe, fireball special. We're gonna throw it to the guys in the. 
Gonna throw it to the guys with the football. They're gonna take take you right to the game. Guys, take it all from here. Everybody to the wild, wild west A state that's a...